0: The Jets are the worst team in the NFL, and it's not even close. I vet my frustrations about how bad this team is right now. Kaz and I will talk about another embarrassing loss to the Colts Sunday as they fall to 0-3 on the season. We'll also look ahead to Thursday's game against the Broncos. Will it be the final game Adam Gase coaches the Jets? We'll chat with rabid Jets fan and radio host Brandon Tierney about Gase's follies, Sam Darnold's awful play, and the truly sad state of the franchise right now buckle up folks, all that and more. It's next on Gangs all here with the New York Post.
1: You play to win the game) <laughs>
0: Welcome back, everybody, to Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. I am Jake Brown, alongside my co-host, Jets beat writer for the Post, Brian Costello. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Brian Coz. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. But if you do use Apple Podcasts, please give us that five-star rating and write a nice review. We appreciate your support. Glad everyone enjoyed the Joe Namath interview last week. And, you know, we love the feedback so far on the show. Joining us in the second half of the show is diehard Jets fan and radio host on CBS Sports Radio with Tiki Barber. Brandon Tierney will come on to rant and, you know, a fellow Jets fan who is very frustrated. And, Kaz, I want to start off with that, inventing a few frustrations before I hand it off to you and you talk us off the ledge here, talk Jets fans off the ledge. and That's ch- a tough
1: challenge this week, Jake.
0: Yeah, I, we'll, we'll be paying you by the hour for the therapy charges, <laughs> four or $500 an hour to uh, deal with this. But, guys, oh, man, the Jets lose again on Sunday, 36-7. And what we are seeing from this football team is, is an absolute disaster. They can change jerseys all they want. The only costume they're wearing is a clown on their nose, a little, you know, the red ball on their nose, big slippers, and a clown costume because what they are playing like is a Ringley-Barnum-Bailey circus. Sam Darnold is in his third year. He's been seeing ghost all three years. It didn't just come in one game. He started off the game on Sunday with a pick six. He threw two pick sixes. He threw three picks, one in the end zone. He cost the team between 17 and 21 potential points. And you know what? There's been so many excuses made for this guy. And, you know, you you could accept them. The team sucks. The roster sucks. The coach is not good. But at some point, you got to say, why is the quarterback continuing to make bad decisions? Why does he do this? Why does he still look scared in his third year? And he's part of the problem. Listen, he's not the whole problem. But let's stop making excuses for the quarterback, first off. Second off, the team has lost by 19 points per game. You turn the game on, and it's almost like the game is over after the first play. Two games have been touchdowns essentially in the first play. One was the fifth play, the other was the first run. It's over when the game starts. And it is not competitive. All we ask for is to compete and look like a National Football League team. And the Jets have failed to do that. And Adam Gase—it starts up top. He is not a brilliant offensive mind. Gase had a ten and six season in Miami. Since then, six and ten, seven and nine, seven and nine, zero and three. The New York Jets are the worst team in the NFL by a mile, and the other team that plays in their stadium is also the second-worst team in the NFL, and the Giants have the Jets to thank for not being the worst team. This is hard to watch, and Jets fans have had enough. It's been 10 years of losing with one winning season mixed in there that they collapse in the final game against an old friend in Buffalo. You can't stand for this anymore. 39 interceptions in 29 games, five fumbles. That's 44 turnovers in 29 games. And you're not even making these games close. But when they lose Thursday, if they do to Denver, Adam Gase will be fired. And I don't think it's going to change a lot, but you need to change the scenery. You need a new coach here, and you need to go get someone who's established, who has won before, or can do something to transform this franchise. And you know what? In the offseason, guys, this team can't be $30 million under the cap. they got to spend all their money, and they got holes to address because you were starting fourth and fifth string receivers. You were starting backup offensive linemen. Your defense was getting shredded by future Hall of Famer Phillip Rivers, and the Jets are not fun to watch. They're not a good team to watch. Watch. I watch them because I'm a fan and because I do this show. But you know what? If I wasn't doing this show, there would be times I, I shut this thing off at halftime because second halves aren't even valuable to watch because it only gets worse when the second half happens. Something's got to give. Gase has got to go and Darnold's got to change something because the Trevor Lawrence talk is no longer nonsense. It's something you got to consider when the draft comes. I'm fed up, guys.
1: Oh, okay, Jake. Uh, tell us how you really feel. I, I don't even know where to start. I, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> About anything you said, and I don't know really what to tell Jets fans right now. You know, you mentioned the last ten years; they played 147 games since the beginning of the 2011 season. I've been at every single one of them. I don't know how many people can say that, but I've been at every one. That streak's probably going to come to an end this year. With COVID and travel, I did go to Indianapolis, but I don't know if I'll go to the rest of the games. There was a time when if the Jets lost like they had Sunday or if they lost like they had last week against the 49ers or the first week against the Bills, it would have been shocking and it would have been it would have been a visceral reaction to like, oh my gosh, what happened? That That's not really what's happening now. I think everyone's kind of numb. Obviously, you're yelling and screaming, Jake, but I think you're yelling and screaming about the overall situation, not what you saw Sunday because I don't think you could be surprised. Right, I mean, there hasn't been one minute of the first three games where I thought the Jets were going to win, and I think that's the most damning thing I can say about this. The best you're hoping for is they can put a drive together and they, you know, they come up with a 14 play, 88 yard drive for a touchdown where Darnold made a great throw. (laughs) He still teases you with those great throws every once in a while. And you're like, wow, they actually put together a drive. like that." They look like an NFL team. And then he throws two pick sixes. And to me, Jake, the worst throw was the non-pick six interception, the one in the end zone. He had Cager open for a little second. He didn't get it to him quick enough. Xavier Rose recovered and intercepted it. And that completely took the air out of the balloon for the Jets. I think they were down by 10 at that point, 17-7. They go in there. It's 17-14. It's a different game. Instead, they're done. They didn't cross the 50 the rest of the game, Jake. They didn't get in Colts territory again. They had first and goal at the seven. The blame goes everywhere. You know, Donald. you're right. Everyone, we, we've all said, oh, is it the coaching? Is it lack of weapons? All, everything can be true. That stuff can all be true. But Sam has to make better decisions. This is, you know, year three, three games into year three. I guess this is probably his 29th start, I think. So, you know, you can't still be making these same mistakes, especially when you see, you look around the league, and Josh Allen has become one of the best quarterbacks in football because he's been supported by the organization, but also because he's developed. And, you know, you look at Joe Burrow. Oh, he already looks like he's going to be better than Sam Darnold. Justin Herbert comes out of the warm-ups last week and plays great. They they just it hasn't he hasn't made that leap and he said it after the game he doesn't play consistent enough to be good enough in, to play in this league right now and you know that's a lot on him it's also on Gase who has not developed him and that was what he was brought here to do and he paid for it with his job whether that comes Friday if they lose to the Broncos or it comes in a month if they're one in seven or if it comes in December you know they have two wins or if it comes after the season he's gonna be fired at some point. That feels like a foregone conclusion. And, I, you know, you said like talking about bringing in somebody here who has some experience. I just – I don't even know who that guy is, Jake, really, because if they go the coordinator route, I feel like this is just – this is such a huge job. It's such a huge fix. They they almost need like a Parcells-type reset like they had in 1997 where just someone comes in and he changes the culture by walking in the door. But I don't know who that is. I can't, I can't figure out who that is right now. Well, study up this week, because
0: we might have to discuss it on Friday. Because if you lose to, uh, who is it, Brett Rippian, Jeff Driscoll? I mean, who is going to start for Denver? I don't even know who their quarterback is going to be at that point. You know, they haven't addressed that yet. But the Jets will be playing, you know, a second, a third, maybe even Blake Bortles starts. And if you lose to the Blake Bortles-led Broncos, I mean, you could fire Gase, you know, before he hits the Zoom session, before he talks to you after the game Thursday. Uh, I mean, he, he might as well take the, go to the offense than take the pink slip. And Kaz, I mean, like you said, he has not been surrounded by talent, but Sam Darnold, you're seeing around the league, quarterbacks progress so much more quickly than he has. And, you know, he's regressing. And, you know, Gase is not full to blame for that. The offensive coordinator, you know, they're not fully to blame here. But, you know, that plays a factor. And it also plays a factor to this, cause They never brought in any kind of competition for Sam Darnold. And he's always a starter. I get it. But you brought nobody in who could even challenge him if he did play bad. The quarterbacks that have been behind him, since, besides Joe Flacco now, have been, you know, practice squad guys. And guys who wouldn't be a backup for any other team. I'm sorry, but Fails and, you know, Smith and all these guys and the rookie Morgan, all these guys they've picked, They're not quarterbacks in the NFL. So until now, you finally brought Flacco, but he's been hurt. And it took you until now to bring in some kind of veteran who can compete and maybe challenge him. And I'm sorry, when when you're a young kid and you're handed the keys to a franchise in New York City, it's a lot of pressure coming from a West Coast kid, you know, easy USC, didn't play a ton there. And, you know, we talked about this, I think, last week. He has not played a ton of games because, you know, he started a year at USC and then came here to New York in the bright lights in the big city. And maybe it's getting too much for him. It it really looks like that because the way he's making his decisions, like you said, that throw in the end zone that cost them, that could have been a 17-14 game. Instead, it it blew the door off and, you know, they didn't score again. So maybe at this point you you got to start thinking, is this too big a spotlight for Sam Darnold?
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so against them not having competition from Jake. He had competition as a rookie with Bridgewater and McCown in training camp, and the job was obviously slanted toward him. If he played, if it was even or even close, Sam was going to get the job, and he did. But you they traded trade Bridgewater. Yeah, they traded Bridgewater after Sam won the job. They traded but Bridgewater still, at the end of the training camp. I, I would have considered keeping him in that spot, have him nah, compete all season, carry, challenge him. Then you're going to you're going to carry three quarterbacks that like that. Like, nah, that was a good move by them. They got a draft pick for him. You know, you're not going to you don't challenge a rookie quarterback like that's just not what you do. Like he he had to his rookie year. He was going to be allowed to make mistakes, you know, let him make mistakes. And then and you're not going to you're not going to bench him once you decide he was going to start. Yeah. You know, last year they missed they had Trevor Simeon and he gets hurt. This year, Flacco, now Flacco. I think Flacco's going to be the backup Thursday. I think he'll be ready for that. Again, I don't know how quickly, though, the Jets would ever bench Sam. I think I think he has this year to, to figure it out. And then, you know, you have to bring in competition next year. If, if you don't get Trevor Lawrence, if you don't go that route, which is just blowing it up, and you're, I would imagine they would trade Sam if they, they drafted Trevor Lawrence, you at least have to have somebody in here next year to compete. It'll be like a Mitch Trubisky situation where you have Nick Foles in there to compete.
0: Yeah, and of course, Nick Foles leading the Bears to victory. That team is 3-0, and and I can't tell you how, and it's pretty amazing. And and if I'm the Bears, I, I play Foles the rest of the way. He's clearly shown he's better than Mitch Trubisky. You know, he's I mean, he's got rings to prove it. I'm sorry, if Sam Darnold throws two first-half picks and the Jets are getting crushed, you have to put Joe Flacco in that game. You can't keep
1: trotting him out there because he's not allowing them to compete. Would you agree? I'm not there yet. The Jets are not going anywhere this year, Jake. Like, I don't know what the objective is at this point. And I, to me, the objective is figure out what Sam Yard is by January 1st. And that's by letting him play. Like, I don't know, maybe Adam Gase will feel differently because he, maybe he feels like he's coaching for his job Thursday, but beating the Broncos Thursday night doesn't do much else other than maybe save Gase's job. You're, you're the fan. I'm not the fan, but if I was a fan right now, I wouldn't be looking for wins. I'm looking for Trevor Lawrence. I'm looking for I'm already starting to dream of that number one draft pick. You know, I don't like what's the what's the ceiling for this team? What do you think?
0: This season is is probably five wins.
1: Yeah. So what does five and eleven get you? Uh gets you a
0: worse draft pick than two and fourteen. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you're gonna be (laughs) you're gonna be drafting sixth again. You know, you've been down that road, you'll get a good player, but you know, I I mean I watch Trevor Lawrence and I see transformational talent. Is like, I I think that guy is Andrew Luck and Elway and he's that type of player, you know, so I would be dying. I'd be dying to get him, you know, and I know we had Gary V on a few weeks ago and he was talking about getting a number one pick and then trading it for a lot of picks. But to me, uh, I'd have a tough time passing up Trevor Lawrence. So I don't know. I don't I don't think I think he let Sam play this year you have to make a diagnosis on what he is by January 1st.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I trust you. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence is that good and this team is that bad and they, some, they do end up in that spot and no name is said he, he doesn't think they'll be the worst team in the league. Well, if, if they keep playing like they have been, they sure look. People were tweeting me, oh, no, you're not a Falcon. And I'm like, the Falcons are competing and just losing in ridiculous ways. The Jets
1: are Falcons not competing. The Falcons have talent, too. Yeah. Right? The Falcons have some good players. Like yeah. they, they, you know, they got Julio Jones. I know he's hurt. And people mentioned you know?
0: Washington football team. Even Dwayne Haskins at times is looking better. I mean, he's had some fumbling problems, but he's even shown some signs, and he still hasn't been through one full season yet as a starter. So even Washington, and they have they some wanna- talent. Game, right? Yeah, they want to game. Win a game? So I'm yeah. like teams who won a game, get get out of my mentions because you you've <laughs> right. won.
1: The Jets have not won and they have not competed. They, they haven't been competitive. I think Denver coming in here now, Denver's kind of like this game might be sort of the Trevor Lawrence Bowl because the Toilet Bowl, yeah. They're in a similar situation as the Jets. They're not good and they have a ton of injuries. So, it's if this if this game was in December, we might be talking about this is the battle for the number 1 pick
0: the new Snoopy bowl, uh, the toilet bowl. We're going to, you know, just give a big toilet to the loser of this
1: game. Yeah. I'm looking at the winless teams right now. The giants are in the conversation. They're right. They're right next to the jets. Yeah, yeah. The Eagles are going to win games. The Bengals look much better than the jets. Uh, The Vikings are going to win games. The Texans are going to win games. I think the Falcons are going to win games and then the Broncos. So I think it's, Broncos, Jets, Giants are, are the, the, the teams, the winless teams that you're looking at as the worst teams in the league right now.
0: Yeah. And the Texans are a very good. Owen three team. It's weird to say, yeah, but they, they, they
1: got the Sean Watson and they played, look who they played too, Jake. They haven't, they, they played Kansas city, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Right. So yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the, it's the top tier teams. Meanwhile, let's, you know, let's wrap it up before we go to BT with this, you know, Thursday's game, Jets, Broncos, again, battle for one of the worst teams in the league. How do you see this playing out, Kaz? I mean, listen, I at this point, I want them to lose because I would like Gase to be gone quicker rather than just dragging it out. And I know you think it doesn't make a difference, but I just think the principle of it is he's not doing a good job and they need to change. And you got to see with a different coach or a different coordinator taking over what Darnold is. Because if things change, then you point more of the blame to Gase. If he suddenly becomes, you know, better, turns the ball over less, then it makes you think maybe Gase was part of the problem. So, you know, I kind of hope that they do lose on Thursday.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to win, Jake, to torture you and Jets fans. <laughs> I just think that's the way it's going to go. I think Denver is so banged up. Uh, I think the defense, the Jets' defense. Will finally look right because they're playing a bad quarterback. Whoever the whoever Denver plays of those three quarterbacks, I'd be worried if it was Bortles actually the most because he has experience. The other two guys, I think Greg Williams will be able to blitz them because he's not going to be worried about getting burned by the quarterbacks. So I think the defense will play better. I do think the offense, you know, can put up some points. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, but I think the Jets will win this one. And, you know, I understand, like, don't get me wrong when I say like it does not gonna change anything, firing games – I understand the sentiment. They've looked terrible through three games. If you want to make a change because they've looked terrible and he's the head coach, I get it. I get it if they want to make a change because the fans want it. It would be a good PR move for the Jets to get rid of him. I understand that. I just don't expect – I don't think Donald's going to make leaps and bounds because Gase is gone. It's going to be the same offense. It's going to be the same quarterback coaching his ear and Dow Loggins. Dow's going to run Gase's offense. I just don't – I don't think you're going to change much offensively by making that move in the middle of the year. But I do understand they've looked horrible and all non-competitive if you want to make the change for that reason, I get it.
0: And I wish there were fans Thursday at MetLife. My God, the reaction <laughs> if they ended up losing to Blake Bortles, Brett Rippy, whoever Driscoll, whoever starting, would be unreal. I mean, the booze would be so loud. It would be, you know, fire gate. I don't even know how how they fire. I don't even know how the, how it would go. Fire gate, fire gates, fire gates. Would it be fire? <laughs> I don't know. I don't like when people let's go Mets. It's let's go Mets or let's go Jets. I don't like when people screw mm. up chance. That's a that's a fan. That's a first That's an world interesting problem. one. Yeah. I don't like that because it's it's out of tune. Let's go, Mets. No, you loser. It's let's go Mets. I, uh, sorry. Those are the, un, the the fans who would just go there for the beers, that, those are the ones that say, let's go Mets. Like, get get the hymn right, get the tune right. Unfortunately, because I think they're gonna pain me and other Jets fans too. I think they're gonna win this game. Uh, As well, something like a 2017, I think it's going to be ugly. Uh, Don't gamble on it, whatever you do. I almost got the score. You got the score right last week. I said 31-10. It was 36-7, so I was close. close. Uh, Obviously, Sam Darnold had to do, you know, if he didn't throw that pick, it might have been a 36-10 kind of score. But, uh, yeah, I think they win as well, and we'll see. We'll be back on Friday morning, and we will be discussing either uh, a Gaze firing or a win to keep them alive, it's going to be very intriguing which one of those situations happens. But joining us next on the show will be another angry, bald, Jets-talked-too-much Jets fan, Brandon Tierney. And joining us now is a diehard Jets fan. He's the co-host of Tiki and Tierney. You can catch it 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on CBS Sports Radio and CBS Sports Network. If you're a New Yorker, you've heard him in the past on ESPN Radio in New York. You've seen him on ESPN. He calls St. John's basketball games as I rock my St. John's Anthony Mason Jr. jersey now. It is the great fellow Baldy, Brandon Tierney. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon Tierney. BT, glad to have you on. I know you want to vent some of your frustrations with Gase, Darnold and the franchise. So, uh, you know, the floor is yours. Well, thanks
2: for having me on, guys. I appreciate it, Jake and Kaz and Alex. It's uh, it's reprehensible. I mean, this is where we're at. And and you know, one thing that I've tried to do, and I don't know that I've always succeeded at this, but I have tried to find. I think maybe as I've gotten a little bit older, I think back in the day, as you know, you just referenced ESPN Radio back in the day. You know, every failure was just I would illuminate it and I would I would make it the end of the world like that. You know, I would, there would be a finality to it, maybe a bit prematurely. And what I've tried to do, I tried to do this with Bowles early. I even did this at the end with Rex. Uh, certainly, I, I was more amenable to the to the Adam Gates hire by a wide margin compared to most of the Jets fans, because at least my rationale back then was, well, you know, listen, even if he doesn't propel the franchise to, you know, these elevated heights and division titles and conference championships and, God forbid, a Super Bowl appearance, I at least thought my rationale, but I thought it was pretty sound. No matter what happens record-wise, no matter what happens drafting-wise, we would at least be at a point when the Jets hired somebody else, which they will probably do within a week or two, or at least elevate, you know, a coordinator and get rid of this clown, Gase, who was absolutely horrendous. But I did think that, you know what, at the very least, Sam Darnold would be in a better place based on some innovation, some tutelage, some concepts that are current and modern. And Jesus, here we are. Now, listen, he is he Darnold is to blame as well. The regression yesterday was stark. It was palpable. It was worrisome. But I don't know what else to say. Like, I sit down and, and obviously do it a national show. I've got the red zone and, you know, betting some games. I've got fantasy. So I'm not just tuned into the Jets, but I do watch every snap of the Jets, right? And I sit there and I watch these, these antiquated concepts. Like, every single drive seemingly starts with, all right, a two-yard run. You know, before you know it, it's third and eight. And unlike every other quarterback that is either out of the pocket or throwing to wide open spaces or these there's these incredible creases on a bubble screen, like there is absolutely nothing that generates any positivity or belief, conviction that Adam Gase will get this turned around at, listen, I'm not going to waste anybody's time on this podcast debating the merits as to whether or not Adam Gay should retain his job. Obviously, he's going to be fired. That goes without saying. And he should be. What I'm concerned about, quite frankly, what I don't know the answer to, what's next? And I put this on social media yesterday, and I got hundreds of Eric B. Enemies. Eric B. Enemies. Okay, that sounds fine. That sounds fine when you tweet it. Oh, Eric B. enemy. Okay. Is Eric B. enemy bringing Andy Reid? Is he bringing Patty Mahomes? Is he bringing the Cheetah? Is he bringing Kelsey? Is he bringing Watkins? Because if he's not bringing those guys, there's no guarantee. Matter of fact, I would argue that it's not against the enemy; it's just the reality of it. I would argue strongly that this job, the roster sucks. It's the worst roster in football for one to fifty-three. It's horrendous. It's devoid of talent. There's no game-changing players. It stinks. So this is a complete overhaul all right and i want to know and i'll ask you jake i'll ask you Coss. i i'll ask you Al. i mean are we at a point now where there's this legitimate belief that a coordinator can roll in here now and get this thing moving in the right direction i don't i mean I lean no but what do you guys think you know the team as well as i do what do you think
1: uh no this is not a coaching solution that you know like you said it's a complete overhaul the roster is terrible Gase has not done a good job. You can't argue that he has, but you also have to look at what he's rolling out there. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know what coach could win with this team. I really don't. I don't know if you dug up Bill Walsh's corpse and put him on the sideline if he'd win with this team right now. Darnold, like it's hard to figure out right now how much blame goes to Gase, how much blame goes to the weapons, how much blame goes to Darnold. But the throws that I saw him make on Sunday against the Colts, that wasn't coaching. You know, that wasn't a, that wasn't the play calls. I should say yeah. you could say he's not getting better under him but you know he he made some terrible terrible decisions uh throwing the ball and you know he, he just he shouldn't be doing this in year three uh and I think you made a good point about Eric B because what do we always hear about Gase oh yeah well he was great with Peyton Manning yeah you know so yeah Patrick Mahomes ain't coming with the so it, this is you know I, this is a players league guys I, I I think it's it's you know I put a lot more stock in having good players than on the coach I think you can win with good players and, you know, not so great coaching more than you can with a great coach and not good players. Yep. But they This, I don't know, you know, I don't well, know how Joe Douglas fixes this roster. He's got four picks in the next two years in the first round. He's got to nail them and, and maybe you have some hope in 2022. Well, listen, I,
2: I, I'm not one of these guys. And there are a lot of people like this. And one of them, you know, listen, we, we all love Beningo. We love Joe. We love him, you know, but nothing. Well, I should say nothing, but most of the time, it's just tilted with ah, it's hopeless. You know, again, that, that's that's I don't want to say that that's Joe's shtick because that's truly in Joe's soul, and Joe's older than us, and Joe's been through. Even though he was around when they won a championship, so he does have that something we don't have. Uh, but he has seen. You know, listen, when AJ Dewey was throwing all the picks in the mud bowl back in '82, I was nine, so I'm not processing it with that that, that visceral. You know, yeah. through a visceral lens when I'm nine years old, when I'm running back from church around the corner to get home. So, I don't, you know, I only missed the first 10 minutes of the game. But I do think, back back to Gates for a second. The point there was that I, I don't just think where I'm coming from now is is an unfair reaction. Matter of fact, I have been more patient than most. I mean, I have been lauding Darnold. He's, you know, he's got a good body. He's got a good head. He's all football. Yeah, he seems to be perceptive. I know he's a good kid. He can make all the throws. He's got all the various arm slots, all the arm angles, blah, blah, blah. I know he misses too many open targets on occasion. He missed too many deep balls last year. They're not even taking deep ball shots this year, but last year he missed a few. You got to bang those if you want to be a star. Understood, okay? But what I fear is that, or what bothers me, forget about fear. The fear is that we're going to be bad and that fear has come to fruition. What bothers me is that, I watch Adam Gase, all right? And he's got his face just buried in that stupid sheet of benign useless negative plays. Here's an idea, coach. How about I'll even pay the fine for you. Rip down the mask and go over and talk to your go go and talk to your quarterback. Go and guide him, cajole him, you know, yell at him, whatever the hell it takes to get him fired up. And this is the first time I've said this and I tweeted it. As much as I've defended Darnold, and some think I defend him blindly, and that's fine. That's okay. I'm beginning to get bothered by the lack of emotion. I I need a little emotion. I need a little energy. Now, there's misguided emotion, and your leader's got to be steady. Understood. It doesn't do anybody any good to go and throw a table and flip it and smash a helmet. Understood. But you know what? After a while, and I know that he's not accepting of these defeats, but perceptually— when I don't see the main player, the CEO of the franchise, emitting anger or or a, a lack of acceptance to the situation, that bothers me, and that bothers Jets fans. And then you get the coach, you know, post game. Well, you know, if we execute the plays, it's going to work out. No, no, no. Yet, yeah, even if that's true, it doesn't matter. Nobody believes in Adam Gates. There are still some people who believe in Sam Darnold, and I'm one of them. All right. And the whole Trevor Lawrence debate, we can have that another day. That's We have, you know, 13 more weeks of football to get there. I hear you. I know it's lying in the weeds there. But, you know, to be so utterly inept, to lose, what is it, 30 games by 10 points or more? It's abominable. It's abysmal. It's unprofessional. It's substandard. Uh, Are you prepared to start the game? No. And and as as, as evidence, you score no points in the first half. Uh, You don't finish games strongly because you get thumped consistently by double figures. So, is it conditioning? Is it the the actual, the concepts of, I don't know. But I do know that Adam Gase is not good at his job. And I do know that the longer he's around, the more, I believe, negative infiltrates Darnold. And it gets to the point where it could be irreversible. Is it not year two like Daniel Jones, who can still make those dumb throws and, all right, they bother you, but you're like, all right, it's year two. This is year three. When you're in the red zone and there's two guys and you, you have to see somebody scooting across the back of the end zone, and you either fire it early and you throw a strike for a touchdown, or you throw it in the stands because that just can't happen. There's problems everywhere, and it's 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 ten years. It's going to be a decade, guys, that the Jets have not seen a playoff game, and it's utterly unacceptable. You know, in a league that is cyclical and fluid in terms of who's competitive and who's not. It is really beyond maddening that this Jets team for a decade, 10 years, is not even competitive. It's frightening.
0: A couple things to address there. One, yes, we will be celebrating the 10-year no-playoff anniversary. Lots of alcohol will be involved. The fine you speak of, you're going to have to hit a 12-team parlay, bro, if you're going to pay Adam Gase's fine. Because those things are hefty. The the no-mass fine is like six figures. So it's like a, a yearly a yearly salary to pay that off. Well, you know
2: what, Jake? I'll have Tiki
0: pay that then. That I'll, perfect. I'll, just, yes. I'll
2: talk a big game. I'll have Tiki write the check. Or I'll just, you know, do what I usually do. And that's <clears throat> that's take the advice of Sharp Tierney. And uh, and win some games like I usually do. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Darnold had moments. He had those flashes, like the throw to Barrios. He had, you know, he scrambled a little bit. I remember Kaz. You retweeted like, "Holy cow! Like, what was that? That was incredible." And then you just see the the pick sixes and that throw in the ends of So many ill advised decisions. And like you said, and Daniel Jones, you know, he w- didn't even play a first full season. Eli started last year, so he gets a little bit more, uh, you know, leniency here where Darnold is, you know, three full years into this thing, and he still looks like a rookie. Uh, Thursday, BT, if the, if the Jets lose this game, no matter how they lose, do you think Friday morning this is the Gase is Fired podcast?
2: Uh, I mean, it, it probably should be. Do I believe that? No, I have no confidence that that's going to happen because I have no confidence that Christopher Johnson knows what the hell he's doing. Uh, he's utterly lost. Both Johnsons. Or it's like the, a rudderless ship just bouncing off these waves in the middle of the ocean with no discernible plan and no, no discernible direction to go. You just drift from one wave and you bounce to the other and you drift here and you bounce there. You know, and it equates to a very, a very dangerous ride at sea where, where eventually you sink and all these seasons end in sinkings, if you will. Uh, and, and by the way, guys, you know, even... If they fire him, you know, mid-season or in-season, when they fire him. You know, again, I, I referenced earlier how, you know, when I was a little bit younger, I'd, I'd probably take a little satisfaction of screaming for his hire immediately. Like, he's got to go. F- yeah, listen, I don't want Gase around. I don't even want to look at him because he projects nothing positive or successful. But I don't really necessarily see how productive that would be. Now, if you had an... I don't know. I mean, all right, you want to elevate Greg Williams? The defense is, I know they all have no personnel this year, but the defense is getting gashed it from a principal point of view, from a timing point of view, from an execution point of view. Greg Williams defense has not, he has not earned the right to be elevated to the head coaching slot this year. Last year, maybe. Yeah, this year. No. So if you do that, now you just have three months of, okay, what's happening to poor Sam Darnold during this, during this time. I mean, Who's talking to him? At least I'm sure Gase pops in the quarterback room. I hope. Is Greg Williams going to do that? Are you going to bring somebody from the outside? I mean, do you know? Do, do you make a play for like a Jim Harbaugh? If if Eric Bieniemy's not your guy, do you make a play for Urban Meyer? I don't know what you do. I, you know, McCarthy may have been the move last year. While the Dallas Cowboys' defense is is terrible this year, their offense is is cranking up the points. I think the most disconcerting aspect of being a fan is when there's no true answer. It's not like we guys, we could try, we can sit here now and you know, we can theorize this, we can spitball that, but nobody, there's nobody in Jetsville, nobody that can tell me that there's a perfect candidate to be the head coach because there's not that Lawrence, even if we get to that point is the absolute answer. I think he might be, But you know what? Let's bring him to MetLife and let's go up to Buffalo when it's 16 degrees out. You know, he's used to playing with with, with short sleeves, playing in 73 degree temperature in South Carolina. So I I don't know that that necessarily translates. I'm not saying that it doesn't. But, you know, just to reiterate, as we try to look at the future here for the Jets, boy it's it is it is just damn bleak and it's been bleak for a long time really has been It's disheartening like it, it's one thing to to turn on the TV knowing man it is gonna be a rough one today all right we're 11 point dogs we don't expect to win or other situations that will arise this year you know I don't expect to beat the Pats I don't expect to beat the chiefs obviously but I'll tell you what when one emotion begins to creep in it's dangerous and that is apathy When apathy is evident and it's becoming more and more evident because we've already screamed fire gaze, We've already let loose the emotion. When apathy sets in and you almost don't care if you win or you lose, that's dangerous. That's where the Jets are right now as a franchise. Apathetic. (laughs)
1: It's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, apathy is definitely set in. I do agree with you. I I think firing gaze at this point is going to be eyewash. I think it's going to make the fans happy. And I think there's an argument to be made, like you have to do something. They've looked mm-hmm. terrible through three games. It's not going to make the team better. Nope. Uh, yeah, yes, you might win some games. I did a, I looked at it this morning. Since 2010, there's been 20 coaching changes in season in the NFL. The only two times that a team has had modest success was the Browns a couple of years ago with Greg Williams. They went 5-3 and three yep. with him. And then in 2010, the Cowboys fired Wade Phillips and promoted Jason Garrett, and they went five and three. No one's ever made the playoffs. This isn't baseball where changing the manager in May can spark something, and Jack McKean can lead the Marlins to the World Series. So, if your argument, you know, if you want to argue like they have to do something, this team looks terrible, fire Gase, I get it, but don't expect much difference after this because they're also going to be running Gase's offense all year. You yeah. can't install a new offense mid year. Dow Loggins will be the offensive coordinator. He'll be, it would either be either him or Jim Bob Cooter calling the plays who are on the staff right now. They'll be calling Gase's plays. So I, I'm i not saying don't fire him, but I'm saying don't expect this to be a, a solution to the problems. You know, this team is still going to stink. This team still has – they don't have good players. You know, this roster no. is the worst roster in football. It's the worst. You know what be?
2: it would cost? It would be equivalent to putting a Band-Aid when you're hemorrhaging. I mean, you you know, you need this organization is in dire need of an overhauling surgical procedure, not a little butterfly stitch. And to your point, you fire them now aesthetically. Hey, the fans, we get our pound of flesh. Woohoo. Case is gone. It solves nothing. Although the one thing that that I would throw to you, and I'm curious how you view this, look what the Redskins did a year ago. When you make the move early, not that I have any faith in the Jets' decision. Well, Douglas, I have faith. But in terms of Chris Johnson, to actually orchestrate and organize the the, the most well-run process to hire a coach but if you do make the move early you can be overtly out front with it and and really whomever you covet and whomever you target let them watch two months of film on your roster let them really watch two months of Darnold is he the guy is he not the guy this way if you fire him on Black Monday and you're two and 14 or three now you've got to contend with Five or six other teams, one of which will be the Falcons. You know, there's probably a few others that'll, up, yeah. that will free bump obviously. And now you argument. might not get the best candidate. If you yeah. do it early, you put yourself in a better position to do that. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, doing it early does not help you if you're going to go the Eric Biennemi route because you can't talk to him until the playoffs. But if you're going to go – like what well, you mentioned, Washington – they hired Rivera because Rivera was basically a free agent because Carolina fired him with four games to go. Yep. McCarthy a couple of years ago was a free agent because the Packers fired him. If you want to go the college route, you can start working those angles, you know, around Thanksgiving, you know, when when the college or might be later this year with the way the season set up. You can start working college coaches. There's no rules preventing you. But if you're going to look at coordinators, it doesn't really help you. So I also I don't think firing him where we're going into October this early doesn't really make that much of a difference. That argument is more if you wanted to fire him, or you know, the beginning of December and get a jump on the process. The Texans did that when they hired Bill O'Brien because, you know, Bill O'Brien was the hot candidate, if you remember back yep. then. And the Texans moved, got rid of Kubiak, who they liked, but they did it so that they could talk to Bill O'Brien quickly. So you can do that in December. Um, but that is that is an argument to, to fire a coach before, before Black Monday, like you said, because anyone who's a free agent out there or – a college coach you can start talking to. I mean, the roster's terrible.
2: I mean, listen, if I'm a head coach like Matt Rule got seven years for the Panthers, all right. And by the way, Matt Rule's a guy that I, I thought would have been well good for the Giants and I like for the Jets too. But if if I'm a coach here, I mean, I'm I'm looking for seven years. And if I don't get that seventh year, I better get that sixth year because we know that Joe got a six and Matt Rule got seven to coach Carolina. You know, and that's that's a systematic overhaul, at least defensively. Like, they drafted all defensive players. I know you have McCaffrey, but you're eventually going to have to reboot a quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater's not going to be there for five or six years. So Matt Rule needed the assurances, hey, this is going to take a little bit of time. I'm in a competitive division with Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I need to lay my foundation properly. And I don't know. That's something else. Will the Jets be willing to give somebody a six- or a seven-year deal to entice, coerce them to come here? Uh, it's not a glamour job. You still share in a stadium. You're still the second highest profile team in the city behind the Giants. As much as I'm a Jets guy, let's face it, Giants have the history. Giants have the championships. It is what it is. And the Jets are like the Mets in this town. <laughs> and I'm a Yankees fan, so I have the, at least the pleasure of saying that. It really, I, I'll tell you, I, I don't really think about it in these terms anymore, but my little guy's five. And they, this is pathetic, but this was, this was this hit me. Five years old, and he's a young five. He's not going to be six until 2021. And we're sitting on the couch last week one against the bill. Well, every week we are, but last week one. And I'm videoing him. And half the time, he's running around, and I'm throwing him balls, and he's banging off the walls, and he's having fun. We're having a great time, right? But he's sitting there, and he's really into the game. And he knows the game a little bit. He certainly gets the concept of offense versus defense and score and not score and, and all that stuff. He knows we love Sammy. He's got the big fat head in his room. He's got his jet gear on. We're lining up for a field goal. This is a five-year-old kid who knows nothing about A.J. Dewey or losing, you know, back-to-back A.N.C. championship games or all the – I can't even waste my – I can't even run through the, the lineage of what the hell's plagued this team. Everybody knows what's gone wrong with this team. But he doesn't because he's fine. So he's sitting there. We line up for a field goal with Fickens, right? The thing's right down the middle, right? And he goes – and he's biting his nails. And I have the camera on him, my phone on him. And he goes, no good, no good. He goes, oh, good like he automatically conditioned to think that it's not good as a five-year-old sitting there watching the jets line up a field goal and i'm saying it. i said that to a few of my buddies who are my age were long jet fans they're like yep looks like us looks like us and really nothing has changed as much as they've changed the uniforms they've changed philosophies a few times you know they've deviated from their normal procedures of hiring defensive coaches you know, they brought in, you know, veteran quarterbacks and retreads. They drafted quarterbacks inside the top 10, like Darnold and Sanchez. They traded for big wide receivers. They drafted wide receivers. They spent money free agent wise, Le'Veon Bell, etc. Jesus, it is just the same story. It's just absolutely maddening. And this year is going to be ugly. I don't know if they're going to win a game.
0: And your son hasn't seen Doug Bryan kick any field goals. So, uh, you know, he's he's got years of that coming ahead of him. And the, as the aforementioned Joe Beningo would say, oh, the pain. As you we- know,
2: and I listen, Jake, I, you know, I love Joe. I've had, I've been on Joe's show a lot. I play golf with Joe. I, I know his wife. I love her. Joe's a New York legend. And for a long time, I, I'm I would, and I would tell them when I go on the show, I tell Evan, I'm like, Joe, why are you so unnecessarily negative? Like just project, I don't mean like, you know, kiss their ass without merit or project positivity when we're getting our brains, beat. I don't mean that be real, but you know, if it's up for interpretation, just for once skew a little positive, right? And he's like, bro, you don't understand. And for years I didn't understand. Now I understand the smartest guy in the city is that guy. I know he wants them to win, but he holds out no belief that they will win. And when you don't hold out belief that you will win, you don't get disappointed. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's that's really, it's probably an oversimplification of, of the Jets' wretched history. But at the end of the day, that
1: guy on the fan, he's been getting it right. BT, buy a kid a Mahomes um, jersey or a Lamar Jackson jersey. <laughs> let let the kid have have a nice life. Like You don't know what,
2: guys? listen to me, man. <laughs> You know, I like to have fun on Instagram, and I like to take people, you know, into our lives as much as you can. And I love sharing that stuff. My daughter as well. And I, a lot of people have written that. Oh, child abuse. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, get the jerk. I gotta tell you. I mean, as as a dad, you know that that's that was something that I always I always looked forward to sitting on the couch with. With my kids wearing the jerseys of the teams that I grew up rooting for and going to the stadiums, I know some of the stadiums are different now, but and arenas. but going to the arenas and venues that I went to as a little kid growing up in Brooklyn, like you know to me, that was so attractive and so such a blessing for fatherhood. So I can't I, I just listen, growing up there were kids that had Dan Marino jerseys. yeah I couldn't stand it. I didn't understand it. I could, I, I couldn't embrace it. No matter how much the Knicks got the heads kicked in, you know, always had the Knicks jersey, always had the Johnny's gear, always had the Jets gear, gear, and always had the Yankees gear. And call me, you know, rigid. <laughs> call me unable to adapt. That's fine. My fandom has become their fandom, and we're in the foxhole, man. We're, we're we we do not bail. We don't bail in this family. Sometimes I wish we did, and sometimes I wish I was. I, I was wired differently but i I can't bail on these guys and I we won't in
1: 2016 the Jets played at Kansas City and on my flight I saw a father with jets gear on and a son with chiefs gear on Ugh. so I went over and I said you know I'm just curious you know what what happened and so he said you know I have two boys I'm a been lifelong Jets fans they were Jets fans he goes then the butt fumble happened he goes yeah. the day, he goes the day after that game I told them both, you have amnesty pick whatever team you want you don't have the room for the jets anymore and he goes and my one son picked the chiefs he goes I, so we're coming to this game to watch this game together and i and this was the jets were coming off a really good game in buffalo fitzpatrick was the afc offensive player of the week they had been 10 and 6 the year before they were yep. one and one so i was like oh okay you know so they're on my flight home as well so i see them Fitzpatrick threw six interceptions. The Chiefs the chief crushed the Jets, and it was, <laughs> and the son was smiling, and the father was looked looked gloomy as as most Jets fans did that. Day. Yeah, but you know what though? Here,
2: how about this though? All right, that sounds good now. I got you, and it's going to be good for a while because well, Mahomes yeah. has already won. This was before <laughs> Mahomes. Yeah, this was before I got you. Mahomes. Yeah. But you know what's going to happen at some point in that house? Eventually, somehow, the Jets are going to stumble their way into a Super Bowl <laughs> and actually win, right? The Tampa Rays got to the 08 World Series. The the, 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 the Rays. The Rays got to a World Series. Everybody, as much as we laud the Warriors and this incredible dynasty, one of the great dynasties of all time, the Warriors, they were a doormat for decades. They won in 75 with Rick Barry, and then they were wretched. I mean, look at the Warriors draft history before Curry, before Clay, before Draymond around two. Todd Fuller from NC State, the big white guy who was a stiff. I mean, stiff after stiff after stiff. And then the Warrior fans woke up one year and they're like, wow, we've got one of the best teams of all time, encompassing one of the greatest, most exciting chapters and most influential chapters in terms of changing a sport in the history of sport. And I could not imagine watching, I'll be there, being in the stadium when the Jets run out for the Super Bowl And I might be 80, all right, but not having my children next to me wearing a Jets jersey, like to me, that would be incomplete. Am I rolling the dice (laughs) That, that, that that day never comes? Yeah, of course I am. Sure, it probably won't. But if it does, be ready for it. I'll be ready for it.
0: Yeah, well, at least, you know, Joe Beningo has seen a Jets title. You have seen Yankees titles. I have zero Mets, zero Jets, zero Knicks. So I will be in a full life of pain for the next, uh, who knows, 10. And you're a big
2: fan, too. I mean, there there's yeah. fans who call – like, you're a true fan, Jake. I get it. I see it. I know it. You know, listen, I don't have time for – not that – I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to eviscerate them, but it's just people who call themselves fans who aren't fans, truly, are easy to identify – and at least in the sporting realm, I don't have a ton in common with neither do you. I get that. So when I see somebody who's a real fan, that's why I love to have fun with the Mets and you know troll them on. Yeah, I have a little fun with the whole Degrom Garrett Cole thing that that uh, people were all over me on. At the end of the day, uh, you know, even as Mets fan, I, I respect people who are who were who are dug in, um, sleeves rolled up, and you know, a mountain. Really, when you compare when you compare the mountain of bad memories versus the the little pile of good memories. It's so incongruent. It's just not fair. But I'll tell you what it does, Jake. It builds character. <laughs>
0: you sound like my parents now you know the Mets I always say the Mets have cut more years off my life than the copious amounts of chicken parm that I continue to eat uh, as the uh, cholesterol gets higher Uh, Brandon Tierney you can catch him with our great Tiki Barber who will be paying uh, his fine when Adam Gase pulls down his mask to uh, yell at someone (laughs) it's 3 to 6 p.m. CBS Sports Radio CBS Sports Network and follow him on Twitter at Brandon Tierney BT uh, great venting with you and ranting with you and uh, you know we'll Talk to you later. We appreciate you coming on.
2: I had a great time, guys. I enjoy the work. cause keep writing well. Keep doing what you do. Keep Thank keeping it too. real. Keep keeping it honest, and keep Joe and Evan in check. I know you're on with those guys quite a bit. Thanks for having me on, boys. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: That says good night to episode 38, the John Connor edition of Gangs All Here, a New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Alex Camerata for helping me out in producing the show. As you say bye, do us a favor, go into Apple Podcasts, write in a positive review, and give us a five-star rating. We really appreciate your feedback. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We return on Friday morning following the Jets-Broncos game. Buckle up. We'll talk to you then. Stay
2: safe.